0: all right so today the second half of lecture nine um lecture nine seeking divine revelation or not <laughs> um uh, uh, like i said uh, when we started that it it's so interesting how these lectures are so timely uh, like my mom was uh, just saying that um i I needed to hear this second half of of this lecture this week. It was so pertinent to to my life and and everything. Uh, I don't know if everybody else feels that way, but it's kind of like uh, come follow me and things. Uh, Everything's applicable, but like sometimes the assigned curriculum or or whatever we're studying at the moment is so applicable uh, right in the moment. Like the Lord is so in charge of the the details of our lives. Uh, I find that just amazing. Um, so yeah, um, we've got quite a few uh, notes here in the, the lecture and, and things. But what were the main themes that that stood out to you as we would, uh, were listening and, and reading this lecture? For me, it was all about like spiritual gifts, like that uh, he, seeking divine revelation is all about seeking and asking. For our spiritual gifts, it, it seemed like to me that it was kind of an emphasis that uh, really stood out. Um, I, I went through here. I don't know. I've only got like probably halfway through that. Um, I've started highlighting. So is this a spiritual gift? And if it is, what's the price for that? And and how do we receive this one? And how do we receive that one? Um, I I found that very interesting in the the seeking divine revelation. Um, one thing that I would share with that. Is one of my questions here? Just a second, because it um, it's at minute uh, one and uh, let's see, one oh seven, uh, so an hour and, and seven minutes. Let me share my screen so that I can pop that up really quick. So at um, the hour and seven minutes here, they're talking about like Laman and Lemuel, right? And um, and uh, that whole thing where they're hardening their hearts and things. And it says, it's also comparing those who fight against Zion with those who harden their hearts. And so this was like a new concept that I hadn't, well, I mean, I kind of knew it, but I didn't, it, it hit me uh, really hard this morning. Um, so if you harden your heart, which by definition up here in the, the uh, earlier on in the lecture, hardening your heart is not inquiring of the Lord if you don't inquire of the Lord, you are hardening your heart and those who harden their hearts are actively fighting against Zion. Um, and, and that just like hit me so hard <laughs> because I go through moments like maybe brother of Jared ish or whatever, where, uh, you just kind of don't inquire of the Lord as, as frequently or, um, anyway, like, I just need to be reminded of that constantly, um, to, to not harden my heart, to always be asking, seeking, knocking, so that I'm not fighting against Zion. Because if you're not for Zion, you're fighting against it. There's no middle ground there. And so anyway, that was one thing that really stood out to me was like spiritual gifts and the, the gift of asking um, uh, is just ever prevalent for me lately. But anyway, what, what stood out to you as like general themes uh, throughout this second
1: half?
2: I wanted to mention also that if we're not asking and seeking and, and, you know, seeking further, we're under condemnation.
0: Like we're, (laughs) we're not receiving all that's there.
2: (laughs) That's something that I learned this week. That that's actually, actually, we're under condemnation if we don't go further with what's offered.
0: That's such
3: yeah. a hard rebuke, isn't it? It's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh, I ahead. right around that one six minute, one hour six minutes that just said cut off, and that just hit me because I'd been studying ancient covenants, and I'm like, I've always heard of being cut off, but literally that word "cut" is all part of covenantal language. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing
0: isn't that interesting right i mean with the evolution of the the temple endowment over the years you know we've got a rid of a lot of our cutting Mm -hmm. motif but like it's such a part of covenant structure like you have you don't have covenants unless they're cut like that's the whole point of the the covenant itself right the the symbolism behind it and so uh, i feel that that is something that's kind of been uh lumped into the mystery part of covenant language like we just don't talk that way much anymore and so uh those that that ask seek and knock and and are studying that like you said this week that um that that's such a, a key part of, of covenant making there's always a cutting and and likewise on the the flip side if you don't keep it you will be right. cut off <laughs>
4: I think, Cameron, I have to say that I was I underlined stuff in that area, too, that you did on one one uh, minute, seven, one hour is seven minutes, mm-hmm. because I found that interesting that um, we're fighting against Zion if we are not asking and, and if we're not if we're not seeking and finding. And but then on the one uh, on the bottom of the page, well, maybe it's on a hard copy page um 1745 it says um so our part is to repent and take advantage of as mercy and not harden their hearts the temptation will always be to harden your heart don't think it can't happen to you it happens to everybody across the board and i just sat there and thought because it was kind of harsh at first you know thinking i thought i was doing pretty good but you know the natural man in me says I love, I love learning and I love studying, but sometimes I get downright lazy and I would, I have to admit, I'd rather much sit there and, and find something on Prime to watch because I'm, I'm burned out or something. And, and, and it's okay to to take a break. I'm not saying that isn't, but I, it made me think, Yeah, you know, the natural man in me, the the temptation is always to harden my heart is to go, go seek out the lazy way. Um, And, and I think that there really is a balance because sometimes you have to, to unstring your bow, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, I guess I, I applied it to myself thinking, yeah, I do that. And he does say, he says, everybody does that. (laughs) So anyway, I found found that interesting that, um, we, I mean, we have to repent every day and usually that the things on the inside and not the, I mean, we don't go around hitting people or you know yeah. intentionally being mean usually but it's the things on the inside and so that repentance is necessary because inwardly um we are just natural man
0: well
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. so, anyway so
0: along that line uh, one of the the biggest questions uh for me personally this week was how do i unstring my bow uh, you know how do i because I mean there's times when it's just so stressful and like um uh, he mentions here like every time that somebody has one of the the great visions, I mean they have a, a period of like recuperation like it, it takes a lot out of you and I find that with all spiritual journeys and and uh, things that sometimes you do have to to relax you have to unstring your bow, you have to uh, recover, come back into to mortality and uh do this so like my question for myself this week has been, how do I do that and safeguard myself against actual laziness, like that category of like the the stupor of, of spirituality, right? Because I think that that's like Satan's playground where he he likes to to try to snag us. He's like, yeah, it's okay to 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 unwind and, and things, but lingering too long in it or uh, taking that and then putting it to a, a different degree and uh by the end like you said the the amazon prime i uh, think by the end of the <laughs> the the night you've, you've watched the the entire season of <laughs> something that uh, <laughs> oh well i guess that i guess i needed a, a long unwind there <laughs> but um how do we safeguard uh against satan's attacks in that that downtime um uh, i found that as i was asking that question this week the lord was very um helpful in giving me personal feedback on like here's what you do you're you're approaching your downtime wrong and I need you to do it this way instead Um, because I I will give you rest but it has to be my rest and not your rest kind of a thing and it was like oh interesting I've never considered that that as a a thing I didn't know I was resting wrong Um, and so anyway I, I would ask that as kind of a a question. If anybody has an answer, I would love to to hear more about that, but anyway, I, man, I kind of get like on these like soapboxes and just like chatter along. You, you guys need a new moderator.
2: <laughs> no, I, I like what you're sharing because it helps, it helps me to go, oh, I can, I can pray about that. Like, you know, when you share those experience, that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So it's useful. We may not have the answer for you, but it's useful in other ways.
0: I think if you're um, resting, I'm probably asleep. <laughs> 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 I, I tell you what. I mean, it looks like I'm doing a lot, but I'm really not. I'm I'm a pretty lazy person. Like this whole last year, <laughs> I have been so spiritually asleep. Like I tell you, I, I if I could go back and change 2023, I would
3: you know i found especially recently because i've been so intense of studying and trying to listen and be proactive and respond to every every inflection of the spirit and i've had some really amazing spiritual experiences but i get exhausted like um i got to go have a nap and i'm not a napper but You know, I'll have a couple, two or three days of things go just amazing. And then I'm like exhausted and it's so hard for me to go nap because I feel like I'm wasting my time or missing something, or I could do this or that, or this other thing, but the spirit confirms you just go have a nap, just lay down and let it go. And I drift into sleep praying. And that's my consolation is that I can lay here with my eyes closed almost meditatively and if i go to sleep i go to sleep and i do hard so i i think we have to rest we're not we're not intended to run so hard and this is such an intense work that we're doing Mm -hmm. spiritual work and of course it bleeds over to our physical so do what you need to do to unwind
4: (laughs) You know, Shalise, I think that's that's kind of interesting because as you're speaking, I'm thinking, you know, how when Joseph Smith or when anybody has those visions and then it drains and exhausts them. It's not like <laughs> I hate to equate myself with them exactly, but I'm not having this great big vision, but as we are uh, ascending, you know, um, i mean we could just be sitting there painting our nails and watching soap operas or something and then we wouldn't get so tired maybe (laughs) but but as we are elevating ourselves and requiring more of ourselves spiritually do you think it's along the same lines that it takes more energy because we are working internally that i i mean it's not like we had an apparition from god you know that he came down and and he had to change our bodies but but actually, our bodies, I think, are changing because we are being given more light and knowledge, right? And so wouldn't that exhaust us? Because I, I I, have to take naps, too, <laughs> except for I don't always. But maybe it's because I had COVID two years ago and I have long COVID. But, but too, I think when I'm really um, um, trying to elevate myself, it might be a little bit more exhausting. Do you think if it's along those same lines, maybe?
2: Yes, I think so, definitely, because we're not translated yet. We still have physical bodies, and when I, I remember um, serving a mission, and when we had like a really power-packed discussion, we were just exhausted after that, just teaching a lesson, and when the Spirit comes in and uses you as a vessel, and you're speaking words that the Spirit's putting in your mouth and um yeah it's it raises you to a vibration and kind of just then it leaves you afterwards you you're back you're kind of back in your regular body and it's it's exhausting so i think that's what we can expect until we're translated but our bodies do change i think our bodies are changing but it's it's a process of change yeah
4: Uh thank
3: you
0: he mentions, uh, kind of something along that line at, uh, Minute Marker 48. <clears throat> um, he's talking about, uh, Spencer's first out-of-body, uh, experience there. And, uh, he makes a point that we don't have to constrain our bodies and force our bodies like the Catholic Church would teach, but we have to bring our bodies up to the level of our spirits. And I thought that that, um, was such an interesting point there. Like, like our spirits, we, we know that our spirits are like anxiously engaged and wanting to, to perform at their maximum, but our bodies are just like <laughs> our mortal bodies. Uh, but um, uh, that's kind of the the task, bringing our, our bodies up to the level of our spirits is, is quite daunting and, and we have to have uh, relaxation and, and unwinding and, and things like that. But that is the goal, though, to to be increasing and and ever more like that, because as um, Maria mentioned, like uh, once we're translated, I mean, we're going to be living in that state and and we're going to um, enjoy the blessings of that. But (laughs) if we were just put there right from the get go, it would would just undo us. I think (laughs) Uh, that that spiritual vibration is just so, so high. yeah so interesting that was one thing
3: oh sorry sorry Maybe maybe that's why we're under condemnation when we don't make effort toward that because our bodies are our gifts but they have to eventually match our spirits and if we're completely unconcerned with that meaning the spiritual development of our bodies then we would be under condemnation for not Taking care of that task and gift.
0: And it's so interesting just with like our our physical bodies too, right? Like, um like people actively go to a gym or or uh, go running or or thousands of different things, right? But it it's kind of painful. Like you have to to push or you have to endure things that you don't actually love at least at first <laughs> in order to to get the benefit of that that spiritual exercise um uh, or sorry of that exercise and likewise our spiritual exercise is not um necessarily comfortable and just relaxing it's it's a work it's it's a process that you actually have to go through some endurance with uh especially at first i mean you might like it just like um a runner you know the the first time you're going to get winded and you're going to say why on earth does anybody ever do this, but then when you start doing it, I'm speaking from personal experience, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, then you, you start to enjoy it, and and you, your body actually starts craving it, likewise our spirits, like, I crave spiritual knowledge, like, all the time, even though I know that it's going to be a lot of work, I'm going to be exhausted afterward, like, I crave it, like, I, I want my spirit wants my body to catch up and be like, Hey, I've got so much more for you. Just come and you know, let's, let's do some workouts kind of thing. It's, it's an interesting process being mortal, isn't it?
4: <laughs> but it gets to the point where, cause you know, I, I used to do a lot of heirloom sewing and I loved it. And I thought I, I could have a closet where I could just hang up all the things I've made and just sit there on a chair and just look at them. And I'd like to, and I'd, look, I'd salivate over thinking I've got a, a smock or so or whatever I'm going to do. But, you know, it's, um, it's like we were told that our interests would change and they have. I mean, it's <laughs> not like I don't like doing it, but my, the thing that's pinnacle for me in a day is, okay, I don't want to have to do all the things I have to do here on this world stuff. I just want to sit down with books and read, you know, mm-hmm. that has become my major lust. You know? yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm and I'm you're not right, and, and you
4: know you're going to be tired, and sometimes you, you your brain's fried. I, I can't think this deep anymore. I got to stop for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was
3: a presentation on scripture notes on their YouTube channel about the mental exertion is actually required. And it was fascinating.
4: It's actually what?
3: Required? Mental exertion. The, that, that's the key. You know, when we desire something, it can't just be a fleeting wish. It has to be our whole heart and mind. Like everything about us desires To come to the Lord, and it's exhausting mental exertion. Mm -hmm. It was really good.
0: Yeah, I found that really quick and posted it in the the chat there. If you
2: want to click on it, awesome. Um, And just to back that up with science, you know, some of us uh, who are getting older, we don't feel like our brains are a very good container anymore. (laughs) But I was, I a video came up after something you know just popped up, and the lady is a neuroscientist, and she said you know, when you're older, you have to push yourself. And once you, when you push yourself to, um, you know, mentally, when you push yourself, you can, you reach a threshold and then you're able to retain again. So that meant, you know, that like that meant, so even, you know, this is a scientist, uh, the way she talked, she was sounded like she was not a believer in spiritual things, but, but I thought that was super interesting that, you know, there's a reward. There's, you know, we can push through, and as we're making that effort, and exerting ourselves, that we'll be able to remember, we'll,
3: we'll, we'll push forward, we'll improve,
2: so. Yeah,
0: something to somewhat add to it, I guess, um, is that what things do we approach with that type of mental exertion? So, um, (laughs) <laughs> you know I'm not trying to call anybody out or anything especially in my family but um, the, how do we approach temple um, service how do we approach general conference is it a mental exertion activity or is it pajama day well I mean obviously <laughs> temple's not pajama but um, like are we coming with questions that need to be answered are we looking to feast or are we uh, you know just looking as a oh it's it's a, a week off church and and you can watch this if you want to kind of a thing that it's kind of like when you put in a classroom and uh the teacher doesn't want to do anything let's put on a video is do we approach general conference like that or is it an actual mental exertion where it should be exhausting feasting upon all of these words that that are coming through um the lord's chosen prophets and apostles and leaders um kind of thing like <laughs> Sometimes uh, we might hear, um, like, "Yeah, I just don't get that much out of the temple. Like, it's just, it's just over my head." But have you actively put forth mental exertion? Because that's what it requires, right? Like, I mean, there's no way that you would understand uh, <laughs> a hundredth part of the endowment if if you don't come with the question and and put forth some kind of mental exertion in it. Um, but uh, like that, that scripture notes title there, mental exertion is key to drawing on the powers of heaven. Like the temple is so full of the powers of heaven because in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. And so if that's the case, then mental exertion is required in order to actually draw that power through the ordinances. Um, it's not just a, a spectator sport. It's It's something to be... <laughs> hopefully it's a
4: process because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i used to go to the temple out of obligation you know i'll go once a month because I'm, I'm supposed to do that and and i had little kids then too and i i had to go when my husband was home so i'm, I'm watching them i watch you know and it's out of obligation but now it's at the point that well, i don't have the kids at home but I do like to go and I like to to ponder things that I may have had done, but do I do it all the time? No. Conference, it's been a process. Yeah, it used to be pajama day. Now it's and and I hate hang my head in shame over this because I'm this old and now just thinking, I need to pray ahead of time to open up my mind. And you know, (laughs) but for many years I I, you know, it was a free-for-all, you know. (laughs) And I always listened to it, but I, I didn't do it inquiringly. And, and now it's like, oh, I can hardly wait till Saturday. And, and no, I can't work on doing it because what if I have to take notes, you know? So it's, I think it's a process that I've got one foot in Babylon and one in Zion still, you know, but I'm working on it. And now I go at least every week to the temple and I like it. It's, it feels good, you know, but am I getting everything out? No, because I think we're, I think we're always learning and, and trying and, and trying to overcome that fallen state
0: you know <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah I, it, it's quite amazing and everybody's on their own journey too right like oh man if if Cameron of today could judge Cameron of five years ago it would be pretty harsh <laughs> and so like <laughs> uh, giving patience to ourselves and to, to others around us and, and knowing that everybody's on their own journey and um uh, just listening to the spirit always you know, kind of like what I referenced a, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, recognizing the three voices in our head and, and which one's speaking to us and making sure that we're following those promptings with the exactness so that we're not judging ourselves or others, but um, edifying as we, we go along. And that can only be done as we're in the spirit, uh, being actively in the spirit in that, that kind of a state has been, anyway, my experience the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'm just looking through the <laughs> lesson here. There's there's so many other great
3: points to to talk about.
2: Let's see. Things. Sorry, I should have like marked
0: these a little bit better now i'm having to like like, read them
3: (laughs) uh minute 55 ish he's talking about um being translated and they were quickly found all their senses and sensibilities were amplified once again so that translation was also a process um he says we could see the whole process of these people's lives that they were ministering to and um It was with him continually. He knew how to minister to these righteous people and how it would affect their lives. And like Kathy said, you know, it is such a process. Um, We were asked to visit teach or home teach. And now we're asked to do it differently. Although unless you inquire of the Lord, it can be the very same way you did it before, but it's called ministering. And the whole effort is that, ascension you know think higher and holier and act higher and holier with the help of the spirit and then it says when we were co-helpers and co-saviors and co-redeemers we rejoiced with him we share in that joy and peace and knowing that we were on the right path um and part of that blessing refers back to what we were just talking about with our minds Things that would have taken me a long study before now came to me in flashes of understanding. I grew in my ability to understand complex situations, and I could instantly come up with complex answers that were completely correct and inspired. (sighs) That just makes my heart sing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I want that, right? (laughs) And so, if there's anything that your heart like yearns for, like like you just said, oh, I want that. I, it yearns. Then one thing that, that the spirit's really been teaching me is let that work within you. Like, then that is a signal that that's a spiritual gift that can be obtained and and start working for it. And it's like ooh. So like every time that my my mouth waters, my spiritual mouth waters over some gift that somebody has or, or whatever. It's like ooh, yeah, I really want that then ask for it (laughs) i i I say that because as the spirit like reprimands me and stuff is like come on then then ask me already like just say the words uh why is that such a a hard principle (laughs) for me
2: yeah
3: says he wanted it and he would pay any price to obtain it Um. that's where we're at that's a contrite spirit and a broken heart you would do anything Mm -hmm. to draw closer to the lord yeah where your heart is
0: like the the pride that enters in that like are we not all beggars like do we not have to beg for um for god to to bless us with things because we as mortals just can't do that but but he can give and gift those things to us and it's all about asking. He wants us to, to be at that point when, when we're not turning to ourselves or to our cell phones or Google or whatever to ask for things. He wants us to be, he doesn't like love that we're in the depths of despair, but he loves that when we are, that we turn to him, that, that he's the source that, that we turn to because He's like, oh, finally, you came to me because I actually know the answer to this problem or I, I know how to give you this gift, but you've been searching all over the place. I'm, I've been right here, kind of thing. And so uh, just, uh, I I want to get to that state in my life where that's the only thing that I do, you know, um, but <laughs> especially having to work with Google every day, <laughs> it, it makes it kind of hard because, it, oh, well, Google knows the answer to everything. <laughs>
1: I I want to share something I think <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy but this this whole um section just really helped me this week and it was so timely with what I needed and I didn't even realize it until I was like anyway I um I'm tried to make this brief but um, we've kind of shared this with the the group before that our family confronted Cameron and I about um, our studies and how we were the things we were learning and thought we were way off base and and anyway it, it sent it, we we experienced this. Great descent that you hear about, and and it's hard getting over that, and and so for me, I I've been just like not talking anything religious with my family whatsoever. I don't bring it up or uh, or anything because they don't want to hear anything, um and. Um midweek, um my husband and I were discussing some things that were, you know, exactly what we don't share with them. And my daughter-in-law, they lived just upstairs from us, and she came down and brought us uh some leftovers that they had. Uh and and she could tell we were, we we just got all quiet and everything. And uh, she wanted to know what we was talking about and, and stuff because we were just intense, sitting right in front of each other and discussing this and um and my husband told her what we was talking about, and different things, and anyway, we i it, uh, it seen that hardening of a heart they um. She just doesn't want to, and she said it flat out. I I don't want to know these things. Don't talk about these things. I don't want to know about them. And it's just simple things about the second coming and different things like that. She don't want to have anything to. She said I I can't face it. I I um, I all that preparation and everything. She says I just can't handle it. Just sends me and 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 to witness her hardening of her heart and i didn't really know what hardening of it, of the heart was exactly but i i i, I experienced it. Okay. and um anyway it just left me i kind of spiraled it downward more like i I thought I was getting out of this descent thing, but I started spiraling and and I, I truly learned and that this this thing helped me understand what a broken heart is. And Abraham was talking about you'll experience uh many broken hearts and stuff and where you truly have a broken heart. And that's where I was. I was and and i i just can't even explain how awful it was but i also some of the words that abraham was saying there i was realizing i needed to literally cry out to the to god for help and when i got to that point where i did that I prayed and cried out to the Lord. that I am just helpless in this. It was immediate. I mean, He answers things so quickly. But I stubbornly, for some reason, think I I can handle things on my own. You know, but I I'm, I'm not. I'm not good at it. But anyway. I experienced all these things we're talking about and once I finally cried out to Heavenly Father to help me, things got repaired and and anyway, I'm on the right track again, but it's because of these things we learned and that's why I said in the prayer, it's it's so timely these things, this happened this week to me that it's when I needed all these different things and the, the understanding was clearer. Anyway, I just felt like I needed to share that because it, we have we have the tools to, to work through these things. And, and where we're trying to ascend to greater heights, we're going to need... These tools that we're learning about, and I just have such a testimony to that. And I just wanted to share it because I just reached out with the things that Abraham was saying, and those are the tools.
4: Yeah, that's what I want to share. Thanks for sharing that, Darlene. I think because what you're saying, I think we can we can all know where you're at. <laughs> we've been there you know and sometimes we handle things okay and sometimes we just don't and maybe it takes it's we're in training and it's to to remind us fall to your knees you have nowhere else to go fall to your knees you know and it's just a reminder because i think we all have experienced what you're talking about if we don't if, if we haven't experienced it you better get ready because you will experience some sometime.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
2: It's so interesting to 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 experience things, right? Like, we can read the
0: uh, Nephi family story all day long and kind of resonate with it until it actually hits home, and you're just like, I don't know, has that ever happened to to any of you? Where like finally you in your personal sphere are experiencing a, a biblical story like I mean it's happening literally to you and you're like oh man that that was uh, not how I was expecting but yet um it, it, <laughs> it it's amazing how that plays out like every thing that we have in in our scriptures is to prepare us for the the moments because um the, the scriptures are kind of a, a catalog of all of these people who are reaching for higher things, and this is what happens. This is kind of the the things, the, the types of stumbling blocks and, and things that we, that we overcome. But yeah, it, <laughs> like you said, I mean, not that I'm trying to equate myself with Nevi or anything like that, but like just, I thought my family was good until it wasn't. Like it just hit one day and it's like, oh man. And, and it's never repaired. And I find myself hardening my heart more often than, than not. Like until I knew that I was hated in my own family, I didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> and, and now I, I experience that. And I'm like, oh, I've gotten so much solace out of Nephi's story and journey after now kind of walking through it in, in my own way. Um, but most days, I, I still find myself on the layman Lemuel side. <laughs> I'm like, why is it so hard to, to, to be Nephi in these type of circumstances? Like, what a great man and prophet example he was. And, and, and where did Nephi get his strength? From Isaiah. Like, Isaiah was the, the key to, to his uh, being a resilient person in, in the face of that specific opposition. And and likewise, what has helped me get through the past couple of years of sibling wars, <laughs> Isaiah. Like, Isaiah is really such a powerful tool to build resilience in, in our own uh, lives. It's been such an amazing journey and knowing that. Uh, but like uh, Kathy was saying, like, uh, sometimes we just have to <laughs> draw that uh, and, uh, Work at it and, and things, but anyway,
1: yeah. I often thank
3: don't... you for sharing both of you. That was really tender. I'll add my testimony of Isaiah as well. It's just absolutely changed my whole paradigm. Um, it's it's the filter that I put every single thing through. It's taken away all the angst of the details of the fall of our society. That used to just catch me up. Like I don't watch the details anymore. It does, it's the big picture. Mm-hmm. And um just completely healed my own hard heart.
2: What?
0: So um, at least, or sorry.
1: Oops. Um, I liked the part and I went back and tried to find it and I couldn't find it, but um, there was a part, right? That talked about the pioneers coming out West and does anybody hear that? Or did, is that something I was just needing to hear and it got thrown in there? Yeah,
0: an hour and 23 minutes.
1: Oh, okay, but it was talking about, uh, I'm talking so much, I'll hurry here. But the difference between sins and iniquities, the iniquities are the genera, general. Oh, my word. generational, generational um, the things that get passed on down through our ancestors and it can affect down to the third and fourth generation. And it said as those pioneers were crossing the plains and going through those sacrifices and the suffering and the hardships and stuff, that they paid the debt of their um, those iniquities through that, and they became sanctified, and those those uh, generational. Uh, iniquities were taken care of through that journey west, and that we all have benefited. That we have pioneer ancestors, you know, uh, we benefit from the things that they cleared up for us, you know. Anyway, I thought that was—I've never heard that before. Never thought of it in that light before. But I found that very interesting.
4: My question there was, how do we know what our generational iniquities are? Am I daft or something? You know, I don't know what they are. And and like you, I know that that I have benefited from the strength of my, my pioneer ancestors and that they did go through hard things. Um, And in fact, I have a sister who's not in the church, a younger sister and, and, uh, Uh, something was said about polygamy. And I said, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for the the sacrifice that on both sides of my family, there's polygamy and my grandmother was raised in a polygamous home, you know, and I'm said, i grateful for that because I am who I am because of it. Do it, is it something I would be excited to practice? Probably not. I, you know, it would be nice to have somebody else here to do the the housework, but, but, (laughs) um, you know, uh, i I says i i'm grateful that that i benefited from that sacrifice and she says i can't think of one good there's not one good thing that ever came from polygamy i'm thinking well i think i'm probably important you are you know there's something there but i you know they did make sacrifices but what are the generational iniquities i don't know are we looking at um i don't know what they would be you know i see i see a lot of strength in them is everybody fallible yeah we all are so uh, does anybody have an answer to that How, or, or, or do we know what the iniquities are or are we just sacrificing it takes care of those iniquities i don't know what's your thoughts on it <laughs> um, i think it
1: involves asking heavenly father and i went through this before i experienced this descent i was Helping some of that and and had remarkable success, Um, but it was a matter of asking Heavenly Father what what I needed to be doing, and I was directed. Be
0: prepared for hard when you do. (laughs) That's probably one of the hardest journeys that there is. But yeah, that it was introduced to me a few years back or whatever and man it's been such an interesting process and, and journey learning how sins and iniquities work and what it takes to to expiate those in um in our own lives and, and uh, hand things over to the savior and, and all that and anyway uh, chapter six of isaiah decoded is is kind of the handbook <laughs> to for me anyway i i keep going back to it and and pouring over all of the references that uh, Avraham uses as he's presenting that material in chapter six, uh, the sun servant level is is where the, that's that's their mission. The the sun servant level is to actually help in the work of salvation, proxy salvation, and and overcoming iniquities. Because uh, yes, we are linking our our families together throughout the, the generations before the Savior comes again. But the linking is only one part of it. The actual expiating iniquities is the other (laughs) huge chunk that uh, uh, takes all of our our efforts. It's a small thing for us to go to the temple and and actually perform the ordinance. But then comes the actual work of clearing the the iniquities of of the generations. And, And all of those curses that have built up in our family lines and, and getting rid of those and helping free people from those on, on the other side of the veil it, it it's hard to uh, summarize in, in a few words but um yes uh, to answer your question directly how do we know what they are it, it it's the thing is only comes through uh, a guided uh, tour of the especially the book of mormon it's, it's kind of a, another handbook for for generational iniquities so like uh, if I would uh, overly summarize, I mean, this is kind of like tongue-in-cheek. Um, the Old Testament is how we gain generational iniquities, and then uh, New Testament is uh, trying to, to pave the way to, to reverse those, but then the Book of Mormon is really kind of the, the handbook of um, how those are actually cleared, um, because they, they do it frequently in uh, various different ways. But um, when you have the spirit and you ask the question, then then the Holy Ghost, uh, the Spirit of Christ, will will guide you through. Uh, study this story real quick and pull out these examples, and and this is what you need to do in your own family, kind of a thing. And, uh, anyway, but uh, like like Albert said here in in this lecture, like the pioneers, Utah, everything, like they lost. Um, Uh, the opportunity for Zion, they lost Nauvoo because of generational iniquities, and they went through that major refining process coming out west that actually finally cleared that up, and it didn't take long for us to pile back on iniquities, and and that's what our goal is, is to to help free ourselves of those so that we can actually build Zion this time and, and do it in purity um anyway i i I don't know how to explain it any uh with our our short amount of time but yeah chapter six of isaiah decoded and then a book of mormon with that understanding in mind um, is a a fun study i don't know if anybody else has opinions and uh, uh, experience and and things with it that would be a fun we (laughs) eventually we really would like to to read that book Becoming Kings and Queens of the Gentiles from Iliadi, because it it also is kind of a a playbook for how that works and and what needs to be done. And I would just add the caveat that once you get started, Satan's gonna have counterfeits. (laughs) Like be prepared for them. So yeah. Um, man, I, there's just so much in every lecture. Like if we had a thousand years until the millennium, <laughs> I, I would probably take these and and have a discussion on each paragraph. Uh, but uh, we're we're just rocking and rolling through these things. There's so much to to cover in a given time. Oh. Um, so just a a couple of things to to kind of wrap up. Unless somebody wants to to share something real quick.
1: I'm talking so much, but this meant so much to me. And it's just barely before the halfway mark. Um, So it's actually, we should have discussed this last week, but uh, we didn't. But it says there, and it's referring to Isaiah 1.18, I guess. But anyway, it says, um, while in the flesh they may be able to bear his presence in the world of glory. And then Abraham kind of explains what that's talking about. He says, so in our physical bodies, we can be taken to the realm of glory and there receive manifestations of him. Now there are different degrees of understanding and it, and it, uh, Joseph Smith kind of talks about that, but I mean, wow, that's promised to us that we'll be taken up to a different realm to receive some of this stuff. And all through the scriptures, you're seeing that where that's being done. And even like with Joseph Smith when he was in the grove. Um, he was taken up as well. If you study that out thoroughly, he was given his endowment, actually. And um, anyway, that's there for us. That's just so exciting. And it says, while in the flesh, that means while we're mortal, And that uh, I think that'll happen about the time that we receive our calling election made sure but anyway i just wanted to before we leave this completely i thought that is just that's what i'm working for i want that
0: you know one of the the most interesting things was when i was diving into to cosmism and things like it it answers all of the the questions that we might have when we're talking about being caught up uh, to an exceedingly high mountain and things. Um, A cosmic perspective really uh, enlightens the the scriptures there. Uh, Leland Tanner, his work and and things like, oh man, there's some interesting things to to be had um, in light of like first vision. Because- once you have that perspective, then you go and uh, take a look at the first vision accounts and you're like, oh my gosh, this is Cosmism 101. Like, yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) It's even in our endowment now. It shows some of that if you're looking and anyway. Can you share it or is it? Oh, I can share it. Yeah. Have you heard of the Polar configuration. Um, that oh man, this can take too long. <laughs> uh, but so much stuff. The skies back in days of Adam and and us, they they were different than than now. They were able to see what's called the polar configuration. They could see. Uh, Mars and Venus and Saturn. And it, it looked different ways to them. It looked kind of like the all-seeing eye when they were placed in... Um, what do I want to say? In certain ways. Cameron, you kind of help me a little bit here. Well, but anyway, that, that that polar configuration is shown in the endowment and it, it goes kind of quickly you're gonna miss it when if you don't if you don't know what you're looking for but it's showing um mars and venus and and um uh, saturn. saturn and we've been studying this and saturn is is really the where god and jesus reside But and that's where they were taken up to this place you know I think it's still the same today and it all that stuff's going to be restored I I couldn't believe it when I seen that in the new temple film it's like and then hmm, lots of the like pioneer
0: murals they're depicting it as well because Joseph Smith taught it and and we've just really (laughs) lost it today and stuff but uh, it I don't know it, it's literally everywhere once you see it you can't unsee it kind of a thing it's one of those but
1: anyway if you go there looking for that um it's uh, Saturn is depicted with just an ever so slight um, crescent on the side of it and you'll know that that's the Saturn and and works way up. Anyway,
2: that sounds so mysterious and wonderful.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, the the polar configuration is on top of the conference center and they're also making that, um, if you know what you're looking for and stuff, and it's also there in between uh, where the reflecting pool used to be between the temple and the joseph smith memorial building it used to have a reflecting pool there but now they've made it and they've and they've uh made that polar configuration if you they're study going it, to huh
0: they're going oh, to they haven't made it yet
1: they haven't well I, so, I you see the, the mock ups of it but you haven't seen the actual. that must have been what i seen but it's also on with an aerial view of our temple, which is Twin Falls. Um, it's on top of our temple depicted. Anyway, it's. I never thought I'd be ever studying stuff like this, but it's been. No, me neither. <laughs> it's been led to it. But seeing it there in the endowment, I, it was confirmation to me that, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, like when I finally started like learning it and stuff like Flora uh, typed in here, Mormon prophecy, Anthony Larson is kind of like the pioneer, at least for restoring kind of some of that information after kind of got lost after Joseph Smith. Um, uh, Then like the two greatest examples of it. Well, three is um, Abraham. When you actually study his life, not necessarily uh, word for word of, of of scripture but i mean looking at the apocalypse of of abraham and, and all this kind of stuff but abraham is one of the greatest examples of of cosmism and um nephi and joseph smith those are like the three that like their stories are cosmic to its core well uh, apart from the whole moses scenario, <laughs> because i mean that's kind of uh, the key one but um so yeah uh uh, Mormon Prophecy on um, YouTube, Anthony Larson has passed away, or I'm sure he would have changed the, the name of it to Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Prophecy, <laughs> and um, uh, I have a, on Learning Zion, there's a a podcast I did uh, with Wendy that we kind of went through Anthony's first book as a, a book club discussion, and so it's just kind of a little podcast that you can listen to if you want, mm-hmm. kind of get your feet wet in it, we kind of dumb it down a little bit uh, make it a little bit more easier but uh I probably I've learned a lot since then too I'd probably go back and edit out half of the stuff because I was <laughs> just learning in in my journey it's nice. like
3: did Anthony Larson have kind of some thin books like a whole set of them
0: yeah there was like, three of them.
3: I have those and I read them years ago uh-huh. <laughs> that totally sticks with me wow <laughs> yeah
0: it's amazing that, that sometimes like I found that with uh, a lot of people like oh I have Triumph of Zion on my bookshelf I just uh, I kind of read it and and it was great at the time but I haven't pulled it off the shelf since or, or Anthony Larson's books like sometimes the Lord has been preparing our libraries over time and uh, mm-hmm. you know they might not have meant as much to us then as, as we do now with our current set of learning and, and things but anyway isn't that kind mm-hmm. of how the Lord prepares our libraries?
1: And you Okay. Oh, uh, he yeah. got this long time ago. People thought he was nuts.
0: Yeah, Temple uh, of Cosmos is is cosmism.
4: Is Anthony Larson is Larson with an E N or an O N?
0: Ooh, I believe it's O N. Let me.
4: And what what was that uh, thing that you you had a title of one of his things or something? Yes,
0: yeah, so let me get the link and put it in the. Uh, just a second. Uh, it's called Mormon prophecy. So after his death, he kind of handed some of the like, hey, how about you guys carry on my legacy kind of thing. So there's like two or three people that have kind of carried on uh, his YouTube channel and and stuff like that to keep to keep it up and his his website. Um, but let's see.
1: Um. Flores puts a uh, a note in the chat. It, 30, 30. Uh, oh,
0: yeah, Mormon prophecy. And so I'm just putting the link to that specific thing there.
1: and Cosmism. cause oh my word Cos, Cosmism, Cosmism. <laughs> and Mormon prophecy on YouTube is a good place to start Switch. Um, so um,
0: Anthony Larson. Where is his name? It never says in his name on. This. I need to see if it's Ian or ON. Um, Maybe on his website.
1: So his lectures are really expensive. Um, <laughs> Laura put another note there. It is spelled with the O N. And she's got a link there.
0: Oh yeah, the blog. I forgot about that too. So he, there's a website and then a blog and then the YouTube channel. There's the three things and they're all kind of like Mormon prophecy related if you just kind of Google that. But anyway, I'm putting the links here. The mormonprophecy.com is where you actually, um, his lectures are on there. So he has a series on, um, just cosmism in general, and then a series on the book of revelation with a cosmic perspective. And then his blog. So one thing that you do have to—I don't know. This is a caveat that I give. Um, his blog kind of comes a little bit later in his journey, and he kind of becomes a little snarky with some leaders of the church in it. So if that rubs you the wrong way, uh, you know, be prepared that there, there's some, a little bit of friction in his writing at, at that point, um, because he started kind of getting chastised for doing the mysteries. <laughs> and so anyway. Um, but uh, there's that. The YouTube channel has a few things on there. It's not um, as uh, in depth as, as his blog or the the, the videos there. Um, eventually.